So here are the laws. And I would ask how many there are, you know, various answers. Some would say 12, some would say 15. But you could take many more universal laws. So if I were to say, nothing and no one can interfere in your energy, that's known as a universal law, but it's made up from another universal law. So let's start with the law of universal oneness, or the law of oneness. The law of one. Who knows a bit about the law of one? So the first illusion, I would say, that mankind believes, or some still do, believed, or some still do, which kind of sets the course for much of the pain and anguish in the world, is that we're all separated. This great fallacy has kind of led man away from our true spiritual essence, which is what's been trying to be brought back into balance now. Let us away from source. Everything in the universe is connected. Every human being, every living animal, every tree, every rock, even the grass that we walk on. I did say walk on. When we're allowed. They're all made up of this divine love, the divine matrix that we call the universe. Therefore, whenever we make a choice and take an action or even think a thought, it affects the matrix on some level. It's about to turn off. Where's my... That one to turn off. So it affects the matrix on some level. It means that there is a responsibility on us. So it may seem to be a lot of responsibility. However, when we live our life with an awareness of this interconnectivity, we give ourselves the capacity to live out our most divine lives. By knowing that we're all connected, we come to understand the power of empathy, which has the capacity to change the world. Through heart-centered living, we become the change that we've been seeking. We become the way. If others can witness you, Changing, so how many of you would you say to change spiritually? So therefore, would you say the children are around you? Are they changing spiritually and got different beliefs than they might have had because we're open with it, etc. So therefore, that's change. Might be more friends and things you can talk to. There will be something you can't. But the law of oneness, so that's a universal law. We're all connected. So if we do something, it affects other things. And that kind of needs to be remembered. Next. At the end, if you want to ask, well, explain that a little bit more or anything, I will do. Next, we have the law of attraction. So some of you all know a bit about the law of attraction. The law of attraction. I should imagine all of you would have heard of it. It's been made famous by the film and the book. How have you guessed him? I'll tell him the secret. The original version of the idea came from Wallace Wattles, and that was the science of getting rich. 
That was written in 1910. Once again, our faith or belief is what actually powers our intentions. What we think and feel deep inside of ourselves is reflected back to us in the physical world. Which is why I would say faith, intention, belief. So what we think is what we become or what we draw towards us. So in reality, what we believe is what we become. Believe you have an abundant life and you shall. No matter how many times you say, I have an abundant life, if you don't believe it in the deepest recesses of your soul, it will not present itself in your physical reality. So you've got to keep an eye on your inner thoughts and your words you use. That will attract what you want into your life. You've got the law of vibration. The law of vibration. Everything in the universe is vibrating at a subatomic level. Everything in this universe carries a vibration that is unique to itself and carries constant movement and energy within it. At the level of particles, everything is vibrating. Therefore, high vibrating particles are attracted to other high vibrating particles. While lower vibrating particles are attracted to lower vibrating particles. This is where we phrase like attracts like. Literally, what we are saying, well, we are what we are vibrating. We attract our tribe to fellow souls in this manner. Your vibe attracts your tribe. Your friends will give you a really good snapshot of what your vibratory frequency is. In order to change anything in your life, you simply need to alter your frequency. And by doing so, you'll attract a new vibration. And we've got the law of correspondence. I need to try to tie up with this other 15 because I haven't got that on there. So the law of correspondence. This law is directly related to the law of the universal oneness. Patterns repeat themselves throughout the universe and the prominent patterns repeat themselves on similar patterns. The key is to recognize these patterns in our own lives so that we can take action either towards continuing with the positive patterns or changing the patterns that no longer serve us. So say we keep going around in circles ending up the same place. I would call that. I don't like it's the law of correspondence. I would call it the law of synchronicity. Or the law of, of resonance. Agreement. The law of inspired action. It's a very important law. It's often the least utilized, which frequently prevents the manifestation of the law of attraction. In order for our intentions to manifest, we must take actions towards making those intentions a reality in our physical world. Your actions must match your intentions. Your speech must match your thought. Actions must match intentions. 
And when your actions and intentions are aligned, the possibility for instant manifestation arises. In short, we must take action towards making our dreams come true. If we don't have a dream and don't take any action towards it, the dream's not going to come true. You're not just going to magically arrive on a doorstep without some effort on our part. We've got to take the first step. Yes, the universe can act in accordance with our actions to reduce the steps or take some steps on our behalf. We take a step and the universe responds. This is dancing the two steps with the universe. Dancing the universe. We stand still, the universe stands still with us. To inspire action, we make our dreams a reality. The law of cause and effect. The law of cause and effect. It's a law which is often referred to as the law of karma. Whatever you put out into the world will return to you. This is a necessary law because it allows us to see how our actions affect other people. No matter what we do to another person, be it a loving gesture or one that causes pain, that action will return to us in some manner. This law, this law is directly related and aligned with the law of the universal oneness. We're all connected, therefore, everything we do to another, we're actually doing to ourselves. So the law of polarity, everything in the universe has an opposite. Happiness must have sadness. Hot must have cold. Up must have a down. A day must have a night. Without each, we will not be able to discern the difference. So if you're trying to look for light at the end of the tunnel in the daylight, you're not going to see it. A candle you won't see in the daylight. But at night time, it'll make a difference. A difference. So each variable side of the coin is necessary in order to remember that we are one with the universe. We must experience opposites, which allow us to validate our choice on this plane. Every opposite has value as a teaching construct that allows us the opportunity to create the life we desire. If the universe were to choose for us, it would eradicate our free will and our choice. There would be no opposites. If the universe were to choose for us, like, like I said, it would eradicate our free will and the opposites. And it's our free will that give us the journey to remember that we're all connected. We're given the choice of love or hate in order to realize the truth of the first universal law, the law of oneness. We have the law of rhythm. The law of rhythm. The law of rhythm. Everything has a cycle and a rhythm. Life and death are forever linked. Fall precedes winter, which turns to spring and then summer. The moon waxes and wanes, and we go. So I was just thinking else was joining. And we go through various seasons in our own lives. We may be married for years and then find ourselves single, having lived a life of abundance, one day find ourselves living in lack. These are the natural cycles of the universe. 
Wood's beautiful rose eventually withers and wilts, only to return to dust. Understanding and acknowledging these cycles allows us to become unattached to any one state of life. The tide rises and then recedes, and each day is okay. It's only when we attach to one state over another that we bring discontentment into our lives. The yogi treats each stage as just that, a stage. When we come to understand that, all things change. We can come to a place of peace and the changes happen. Law of gender. Everything in the universe is comprised of both male and female energies. Chinese refer to as yin and yang. Many people may think that these are opposing forces, when in reality, they're complementary forces that cannot exist without one another. When the male and female energy combine together to make one unit of energy, the yogis call this the highest form of yoga. A divine union is born that makes the pair greater than the sum of the parts. We see this in the power couples, who are stronger as a unit than they would be individually. And complementary energies unite the union has the power to change the world. A brick and a piece of wood. Yeah, both are useful. But once you've got a door frame and a brick, you've now got an entry. And that's far more powerful than that, and worth more than that brick and that piece of wood. When they're combined. So there's all sorts of energies that can be combined. And you'd say that the door, an entrance and an exit, yin and yang, you couldn't have one without the other. But it needs a lot to go into that. The law of relativity. The law states that everything in the universe is neutral when seen in isolation. And it's only when we ascribe any meaning to anything that we see this reflected in our reality. There really is no good or bad. It is simply our impression that gives it those labels or Society. The universe is a blank canvas that projects our thoughts and beliefs back to us. Our mind is like a movie projector and our thoughts are like the film that is fed through the projector. Whatever we think is projected onto the blank canvas of the universe and is shown back to us like reality, like the movie of our life. If your thoughts are negative and filled with strife, a horror movie of sorts, this is what the universe will reflect on its blank screen. If your thoughts are of love, compassion and kindness, then this is the movie that will be reflected back to you. Allow the movie of your life to be a movie you would be proud to show the world. Make it a masterpiece. The law of perpetual transmission of energy. The law illustrates that everything in the universe is constantly changing. Change is one only one constant. The beautiful part of this law is the realisation that no matter where you are in your life, you have the ability and capacity to change it into exactly the life you want it to be. The law of compensation. This law is very similar in that it states that what you put into the world will return to you. However, the law of compensation goes a step further because it states that whatever is in your heart is what is returned to you. The words are powerful, but our feelings and belief structures are actually what powers our ability to manifest our thoughts into existence. Since the universe is made up of energy, the law confirms that whatever our energy is will be compensated with like energy. For instance, if, you're, if you do a good deed for someone, but do so with resentment or in a negative manner, what will actually be returned is the resentment and anger. If you hold love in your heart when you do these deeds, then love will be returned as compensation.
Ahita what are known as the 12 laws. Thus, the law of oneness, law of operation, law of action, law of correspondence, laws of cause and effect. So the law of cause and effect would be where the, you can't interfere with anyone's energy without permission. Law of compensation, law of attraction, law of perpetual transition of energy, law of relativity, law of polarity, law of rhythm, law of gender. There are 21 sub-laws. Aspiration to a higher power. Charity, compassion, courage, dedication, faith, forgiveness, generosity, grace, honesty, hope, joy, kindness, leadership, non-interference, patience, praise, responsibility, self-love, thankfulness, unconditional love. Sub-laws are just referred to, they're basically psychological features or human attributes. All of them relate to the behaviour or mentality of human beings that sets them apart from the rest of the occupants of the universe. While the 12 laws of the universe describe the workings of this world, the sub-laws offer us a guide on how to utilise the laws to lead a better and fuller life that is beneficial for ourselves as well as the world around us. They're the focal points. How about this? Have a ponder on this one for a moment. Nobody can do it for, an for another. Yet, yeah, nor can we do it without another.
So nobody can do it for anyone else, yet nor can we do it without another. So if you want to be a happier human being, so to speak, you might need a new way of looking at life. Yeah. We don't have to follow or believe everything. We're not talking about beliefs. All you have to do is see how your own life changes after applying some of what we're going to say. The results inside then are happiness, peace and harmony to find this information to be true. If the external results in terms of relationships, health, resource, and how you adapt to your environment improve, you'll verify that the information is wisdom. The purpose of the human experience is to evolve, develop. That's in our own consciousness, and so be filled with wisdom and love. Each and every one of us has come in this world to work on our spiritual development, sharing and participating in experiences with other human beings. Life is actually a process in which the universe teaches us, gets us to ascend. It's like a spiritual school. And each, each life experience is like one academic year. Spiritual development is an internal and so absolutely individual personal task. So I don't develop anyone, I help others on the development path. Nobody can do it for anyone else, yet nor can we do it without any another. In other words, we need to interact and share experiences with other people in order to achieve our own development, to know ourselves. Sometimes instead of getting on with our own development, we try to interfere with other people's. And instead of learning from them, we try to change them. All this does is distort the learning or attempting to distort it, and this complicates life itself. Only if we understand this can we... Can we be efficient by asking ourselves what life wants to teach us? And that's in every situation. Because each part of our learning process is exactly that. In short, we have to learn to turn ignorance into wisdom. When we notice that suffering is disappearing, that our inner peace is becoming invulnerable, and that our own capacity to create, love and serve is expressed without any condition or restriction, it means that we have achieved, achieved wisdom. In order to lay that foundation for a new civilization that will bring a greater level of satisfaction for everyone, we must start by harmonizing ourselves. To do this, it's essential to studying those universal laws that I've just given and applying the principles that lead to wisdom. So we need to bear in mind that only by sustained practice and discarding theories and ideas that prove to be mistaken can we really achieve wisdom. This way we can develop peace and harmony directly on the ground with the teaching of daily life because life is best school and nature the best teacher. All we need to achieve efficiency is to stop arguing with the perfect order of the universe. Mental inefficiency is necessary in order to discover through saturation that the laws of the universe exist. When we reach the point where we have suffered enough, we are ready to understand the laws. Internal op opposition must stop before external opposition can. And for this to happen, we have to have accepted that everything that exists, everything that happens is perfect and necessary because its purpose <coughs> sorry, because its purpose is one of love. Studying and understanding why things exist and why they happen can lead 
has to recognise the laws, which in turn make it possible to create a better future for mankind, not just ourselves. Originally, there were seven laws of the universe, processes, processes of creation. Not just the process of creation, process of administration and evolution. Of those original seven, four are fundamental, for they control the development and evolution of the consciousness of the human species anywhere in the universe. These four laws form the lower triangle of the laws. Well, the law of evolution is the superior law that governs the interior triangle, which is also known as the triangle of hell because it is the lowest part of the universal laws. <coughs> we'll be within the law when we love, enjoy and value what we have. Everything within the law functions well and flows on its own. Anything that brings suffering, anguish, pain and illness happens because we are going against the laws. And that is how we are going to recognise them. The results we obtain when we go outside the laws enable us to recognise our existence. We have to make mistakes to be able to discover the law and ascend. Mistakes are not the problem. The problem is not learning from them. The laws are designed so that we ourselves make a change, not so that we try to change others. Human experience is governed by four specific levels or four specific laws. Nature, harmony, correspondence, Evolution. So if we look at it this way, in nature, so with regard to nature, what's taken as true and fact, all things that are complementary attract each other. Every living being requires the specific food for its species. Every manifestation of nature requires favorable conditions. Every living being has an instinctive sense of the law. All cycles of nature have specific functions. Every violation of the law produces serious consequences. Every living being has its function. The effects for not keeping to the law, for violating it. Physical ailments, undernourishment, illness, vices, degeneration, misery, hunger, physical and mental defects, physical mouth malformations, ecological imbalance, erosion, plagues, shortening of longevity, and there's probably more that you can think of there. Then harmony, it's what's taken as fact. Everything that is sent out acts, reacts and returns. Everything that is attacked defends itself. Everything that pleases is accepted. Only love can transform beasts into persons. Only understanding avoids destruction. We must control situations and not be controlled by them. The best teacher is learning by example. So if we don't do that, we have psychological ailments, relationship problems, distrust, fear, estrangement, isolation, individualism, loneliness, sadness, depression, fights, shyness, lack of communication, disunity, boundaries, traumas, complexes. Then with the law of correspondence, which what's taken, but it's just being fact, every situation is a learning experience. Every circumstance is generated by oneself. All events happen to whom they are meant to happen. We're always exactly where we're meant to be. We come to life 
with what we need to live it. Only what needs to happen, happens. We only give or what we need. So we only give or have what we need. If we don't do that, upsets in the individual environment, mental blocks, dissatisfaction, difficulty in achieving success in what we do. Wearyism, battles against the circumstances of life, inability to accept one's life, fears, anxiousness, constant frustrations. And then evolution, if we can accept everything, every experience alone opens the way for understanding the truth. Only opposites lead to the development of consciousness. We only move up a level through the appropriate transformation. We are only the result of ourselves. We only argue with situations that we've not understood. The need for understanding alone is the reason for physical existence. We can only recognize balance from imbalance. If we don't accept that, then cause social upsets, rebellion, anarchy, self-destruction, when limits are imposed on the experiences to be lived, wars, strikes, violence, revolutions, delinquency, hate, conflicts, when human, when human concepts are imposed. So don't confuse the universal laws with the human laws or rules. Universal laws are immutable and non-repealable. Their origin lies in the wisdom of absolute or the divinity, and therefore they are absolute. They cannot be amended or negotiated, disobeyed, and brings a negative outcome in the sense of unpleasant, and also a positive outcome in the sense of it being a learning experience. This is why it's said that in fact, human beings do not con construct laws. What we do is issue rules. We call them human laws, but they are rules because they are repealable, transitory, and useful for giving for a given moment. And we've come to the planet really to develop our inner virtues, happiness, inner peace, love, or service to others. This development brings with it excellent results in all four fields of relationships, resources, health, and adaption to the environment. So the happiness, there's no suffering. There's 100% understanding, 100% self-worth. Studied in acceptance. And it's only developed really with function. You've got to make the change. Peace. Respect. Accepting life with wisdom. Destiny. Developed him. Love. It's capacity for service. There's no resistance. There's no resistance. No fear. Hundred percent adaptation. Hundred percent commitment. Then that's where the unconditionality lies. And that's our mission. Happiness, peace, and love are principles of the divine essence. They have no polarity. They're immutable. So it's about learning to be happy. To learn to be happy. But a face up to what we believe takes our happiness away. We don't need anything outside of us. Just understanding and a certain attitude of mind. Non-acceptance is the only cause of suffering. We must stop arguing with reality. 
It's essential to stop working on others and work only and exclusively on ourselves. Changing what is inside us that is annoying. So that it stops annoying us. So if something in the world annoys us, really, we've got to change to not allow it to annoy us. So if it's the news, then we can stop watching it, for instance. If it's something we face every day, children, babies crying. Then we've got to accept, then it won't bother us, we can be happy. If there is suffering, then just one question needs to be asked. What is it that I'm not accepting? That is where the answer is to be found. Everyone without exception has what they need to be happy. However, very few people know how to be happy with what they have. Learning to be peaceful. Nothing and no one brings peace. Inner peace is a result of one's spiritual development, not a gift. Handling peace requires several elements. Clear and accurate information to understand that life is a process of love and that evil does not exist. A skill to manage one's own vital energy and training. His, if peace is lost, we must ask ourselves, what am I resisting? What do I want to change? Who am I blaming? Learning to love one's neighbour as oneself. All this requires is to be involved or share time with people whose behaviour is very different to our own, to learn to love and respect them just as they are. Love cannot be offended because it is invulnerable, immutable, universal and neutral. Love signifies total understanding of the universe. It's a way of being and does not need an object on which to project itself. Love is not a force, it is a tool. Love is not a feeling. Not at this point anyway. Love is always giving the best of oneself. If there is a lack of motivation, the best thing is to wonder, why am I allowing the specific situation to limit my capacity of service to reality should not depend on external events? So, for instance, if we were looking at Pendle there, Where we, where we actually stayed with the others, or with the last one. Could have got frustrated, but kind of didn't. We, limited our, we didn't limit our capacity for service. So the external events didn't interfere, but still completing what we did, even if it took a hell of a lot longer. So that's one of the first processes of loving a neighbour, so to speak, loving another. So to aid us, we can develop three inner virtues. Excellent outer results are obtained in all four spheres, in relationships, in resources, in health, and in adapting to the environment. So what was the point of us getting more frustrated? We were frustrated. So to calm down, breathe, I get on with it. So in the life experience of any human being, five elements are present. Purpose, destiny, mission, function, and intention. Purpose, which what often people ask about. There is a purpose of love, and brought us to the world of matter. It's the perfect objective of learning two things. To be happy with oneself, to not depend on anything or anyone in order to enjoy inner peace and happiness. To love one's neighbour as oneself, to love all as oneself. 
to respect the rights of all beings in the universe. How do we learn this? Here we can see the perfection of the absolute's educational design. To perform the exercise of learning to be happy within ourselves, we need to live in a place with certain people and circumstances where everything that happens around us is more or less aggressive. In this way, we'll realise that our problems do not lie in what is happening around us, but in how we relate to it and the rejection or resistance we set in motion. As for the second part, loving one's neighbour as oneself, this means respecting them just as they are, not seeking to change them, not putting up resistance to others. We need to live in a place where the people around us think differently, have varying customs and create different things. That way we will learn to love them as they are, without judging them or condemning, condoning or condemning them. This is how the purpose of love is fulfilled. It is the real reason why we humans begin beings are sort of here on the planet Earth. So by doing that, accepting one as they are, when they might have always encountered resistance, could be the biggest growth feature for them if we change their character for the good. So one person, just because there's one person, they might do something that could have in the past caused a problem. <coughs> they could well have overcome something just because there wasn't a reaction. It might be a difference another time around. See, Jesus was a man who said, love your enemies. They're not our enemies. They're people who think differently. Being happy means experiencing zero suffering about what happens. Loving means offering zero resistance to others. Wisdom is the same as love, not feeling. Those who have love care deeply about others. But they do not suffer. However, those who possess goodness but not wisdom care deeply about others, but they suffer enormously. Those who do not care, the indolent, the indifferent, possesses neither wisdom nor goodness. Destiny. This is what we come to learn from the from the world of matter. How to manage the seven tools of love to attain invulnerable peace. It's a great opportunity to learn what we're missing. All of us bring to the world a destiny that is in inevitable, highly valuable. It doesn't mean the path set in stone. So going with the flow, that's destiny. But there's many factors in the way that can change what exactly the destiny would be, so don't try and picture it. The key to harnessing destiny is you have the capacity to enjoy whatever you do, because the capacity is within you. However, if someone says they're child, you must always do what you like. This will generate a huge block in them. So if someone says to their child, you must always do what you like, this will generate a huge block in them. Destiny in an educational design, whose purpose is to enable human beings to verify and discover information that governs the universe and its perfect order, it is therefore the best opportunity for transcending all human limitations, instead of complaining about the difficulties that we face in life. We must take advantage of them in a great opportunity for transcending them. Then they will disappear for good. If we do not learn from difficulties, far from disappearing, they will become more complicated and they will persist. They could almost become permanent. So the mission, this is what we can teach the world of the matter. We should enjoy our mission intensely, whether or not it's part of our function. Our mission enables us to recuperate a large amount of the vital energy invested in the exercise of learning to be happy. Our mission is what we already understand, what we already know. It can therefore be used to serve others while bringing enormous enjoyment. Both our mission and our destiny are represented in our personality. 
the latter through our belief system and the former through understanding. As we progressively transmute our ignorance into understanding and wisdom, we increasingly have a bigger mission and therefore more satisfaction. So it's all about function and our intention. Function. This is what each individual does to support themselves, exists in putting all possible enthusiasm, joy and love into what one does. And even if it's not part of one's mission, we know that all living beings have a function within the order of the universe. It takes wisdom to accept it with joy, enthusiasm, total capacity for action and service. One's function does not consist in earnings one's living. Living is not earned because it is a divine gift. Well, what one earns is what supports this biological entity, this body. Thus, our support is guaranteed as a result of our function. Those who are happy and enjoy what they do will always have an abundance of resources at their disposal. So as I said, intention, this is what we want for ourselves or for others. Intention must be directed in a way that does not interfere with the destinies of others, nor seek to avoid our own destiny. Intention is the most complex element for human beings today, because feelings, the idea of kindness and the other ideas that our culture have, has, a, has conveyed to us, lead us continually to try and inter interfere with the destinies of others. We want to accept that destiny is something extraordinary and not bad. That is the best opportunity we have to fulfill what we came to this world to do. We would stop trying to change the destiny of others. When a son or daughter wants to fly the nest and their parents object to it, how should we act so as not to interfere? We always want things to go our way. In this case, the parents consider that it's not the right moment for their son or daughter because they do not have a steady job, for example, and they do not want them to leave home. The I wants are the causes of suffering. And an I want is also unconscious, selfish. And that's because we want others to be happy doing what we want them to do. What would be wise and loving thing to do in this case? To say to the son or daughter, what matters most to us for you to be happy and find your way? So respect your decision. Well, we want you to know that if you want to come back, the door is always open. In short, wisdom means being clear about our purpose, taking advantage of our destiny, enjoying our mission, accepting the functions and holding the intention of not interfering in the destiny of others. All this must be practiced in thought, word, and deed, which is exactly that um, with people passing. I want you to stay as you're on the deathbed. is isn't going to help them pass over. But it's very hard to do to say, no, please go. Be at peace. That's probably the hardest life lesson I've learned about, but it came easy at the time. If that makes any sense. There's always a time. So if you were within the law, everything within the, within the universal laws, everything within the laws function well, and everything flows on its own. If you try to work outside the laws, nothing will flow. Because everything we need is within the laws. But what we want is normally outside the laws. We need everything that life gives us. We want everything that we do not have. It's a common mistake. We're always within the law when we value, love, and enjoy. We're outside the law when we complain. 
Obeying the law frees us from suffering. What we want is the cause of our suffering. It's not individual, they're universal. So the universal laws are more like the laws of physics to the extent they'll be able to catalogue them as such. They don't always exist. So you could make four lists if you'd wanted. This is where I'll stop on after this. If you're trying to discover the laws yourself, you can make four lists. You can do one list of what you want. What we want is what we do not have. Do I want? I refer to financial characteristics. Physical, taller, thinner. Characteristics to our family relationships, where we live. The list is very important, not only for recognizing the law, but also to progress in spiritual development. The list of what you have, starting with things as basic as a body, full of qualities, following on with our knowledge, Experiences, friendships, family, where we live, work, function. On completing this list, we can ask ourselves how much we value what we have. By recognizing valuing and being grateful for everything we have, which is much more than we imagined, our results will be more satisfactory in every respect. And the third list would be the list of what is happening around you, what we see on the news, the behavior of the people around us, social situations, physical events, etc. So we can clearly see what we might want to avoid. And the fourth list of what is happening to you, what is happening to someone can be totally different to what is happening around them. Sometimes people say, I cannot be at peace with everything that's happening in this country. However, if we really think about what is happening to us, I find that there is nothing dreadful. What are we complaining about? Often we complain because we want things to go our way. That is why it's useful to make a list of the situations that cause us suffering so that we can use them to train ourselves and cease suffering by applying information and wisdom. So I know people say to me, what do I want? I'm probably very difficult to answer anyone. I've probably got a couple of I likes. There's no wants. The past would have been wants. So what happens if we don't get what we want? What is the result? Is it suffering, dissatisfaction, or frustration? If it is, then we're not within the law. What happens to us when we do not value what we have? What is the result? Then we'll begin to lose it, because if what we have is of no value, then it must be that we do not need it. This will be the consequence of violating the law. Valuing everything we have is the key to prosperity. So, what can we do to live within the law? Obey it. By verifying the results, we stop going against the law. We understand that all suffering is associated with breaking the law. Therefore, we learn to feel satisfied with everything we do. We'll begin to obey the law. There are two types of results. Inner, of happiness, peace and love. And outer, relationships, health, resources and adaption to the environment. When we do not obtain these results, it's because we do not know how to. Therefore, we need to learn. 
to what the law says is that we cannot stop suffering unless we accept. We cannot accept what we have not understood. We cannot understand something unless we have an experience that shows us how the laws of the universe operate. So innocence and consciousness or ignorance of the law do not exempt us from the results. Whether or not we know the law, the results will be the same. It is therefore better to know how it works in order to obtain satisfactory results. To escape from our system of false beliefs and from the ego, we need to follow the sequence. Make a mistake, not making it recognise the existence of the law. Understand how the law operates, decide to obey the law. Obeying the law or placing ourselves within it consists of enjoying everything that we do and accepting others as they are. If we try to impose some form of behaviour on someone, it's because we do not accept them as they are. We want to change them. This is a transgression of the law of evolution. The results will be conflict, disharmony, aggression. Because we are intent on changing something that is not necessary, necessary to change, what is necessary is that we learn from the situation. The law is designed for us to change internally, not for us to try and change others. But the true seven, original seven, which is the law of love, the law of manifestation, the law of polarity, the law of evolution, the law of correspondence, and the law of harmony, the law of nature. That was brilliant. I wish they'd do something like that in schools. I can do a part two for you in the week if you wanted. Talking about the fundamental laws that govern the universe. Uh, oh. Yeah. That was brilliant. Okay. Let me stop that recording.